0: The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated magazine. In celebration of their newly launched WCI newsstand platform, Wing Chun Illustrated is giving listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast a free one-month all-access subscription. Go to wcinewsstand.com and click the register button in the upper right corner. Use voucher code FREE4U, that's F-R-E-E, the number four and the letter U, all caps. Don't forget to activate your account by clicking the link in the welcome message. The Dudes of Kung Fu Love, Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine.
1: (laughs) Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Hey,
0: Alex, how are you, brother? Good, man. How you doing? How you been holding in there?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. We're uh, fighting the good COVID fight, and That's right. uh, and uh, you know it, it's coming along. Hopefully, this thing will be passed us soon. I'll yeah, New York, to...
0: Yeah, New York is winning. We're doing well. Just hope the rest of the U.S. kind of. <laughs> gets their stuff together and, uh, you know, we can we can move forward. I think now the New York doesn't let people from Florida or Ar- Arizona without a two week quarantine coming in. <laughs> it's, it's like which, kind of funny, which
1: should have been the rule. Even if we <laughs> didn't have COVID. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. For, again, for our podcast listeners who have never been to New York or hung out with New Yorkers, New Yorkers definitely do not feel like they're part of the continental U.S. There is New York. And then there's the rest of the U.S., and we generally feel ourselves to be quite a bit more cosmopolitan and different from the rest of the U.S., uh, whether it's actually true or not. So uh, this perception is definitely one that, that New Yorkers have.
1: I, re- I realize when we say New Yorkers, we mean New York City. If you live in, like, fucking Poughkeepsie or something, we don't give a shit. So,
0: <laughs> Well, even as we've said before, like, uh, so, you know, new, uh, you know, for people unfamiliar with New York geography, you know, New York City has five boroughs, uh, Manhattan being the most iconic. that most people, when they think of New York, they think of Manhattan. But you also have uh, Bronx and Queens, Brooklyn and Staten Island. And literally you take a foot, you just step a foot out of any of those boroughs into a non-New York City borough and you are already in upstate New York. <laughs> so it's literally so l- literally you know the 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 northernmost part of New York City is the Bronx and after the Bronx when you're heading north is Yonkers. If you're in Yonkers, I mean ge- ge- geographically you're still kind of in New York. You're like you're a 5-minute ride into the city, but you might as well live in Albany for all we care at that point it's like oh when, Yonkers when I was
1: a kid if you would have said to me oh that guy lives in Yonkers I would have been like do they have like plumbing and stuff like <laughs> I, I would have like to me you might as well tell me the guy lived in fucking Montana
0: because like <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite style <laughs> you know it's like yeah was, so I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to ask if you had a chance to catch the UFC last week with uh, Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker. Did you see that
1: fight? I did not. I was planning on watching it. My son John came over to watch it, and then whatever the night turned into a gab fest with us four of us sitting around a table, so we didn't get a chance to watch it. But I heard it was a great fight.
0: Yeah, the fight was amazing. Definitely like a fight of the year contender. The thing that I noticed is it looked like uh, Dustin was doing some kind of... And even my wife notices. She's becoming a bit of a MMA fan. Uh, she was like, oh, it kind of looks like he's doing Wing Chun in there because he was doing a lot of things kind of that look like... I mean, of course, maybe not textbook Wing Chun or whatever, but doing some kind of forearm checks, things that look like Bong Sao, things that look like Pak Sao checks. And uh, it, it really looked very Wing Chun to me, and I'm curious if other people, you know, with a JKD or Wing Chun background who saw that fight uh, picked up on any of those things.
1: You know, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I, I really, I'm sorry I missed it, but uh, it's it's really good to see uh, Wing Chun finally get it to do when it comes to MMA. You know, recently on the podcast, on, on the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan gave Wing Chun its props, and uh, he talked about um, Tony Ferguson incorporating Wing Chun into his training, and it's not just Tony Ferguson. There's a few guys that are unabashedly—I know I said that word wrong—adding Wing Chun <laughs> training into their into their curriculum. Now I'm not saying some straight Wing Chun guy from some Wing Chun school is going to be able to walk into the uh, cage against an MMA fighter and and light him up, but I am saying that you know MMA guys are starting to. Take elements of Wing Chun and, and incorporating it into their training because it works. Folks, MMA guys do things for one simple reason. Because they work. They don't do things for two reasons. Because they don't work or they're not aware of them yet. So when, when you see an MMA guy do something in the cage or in his training, he's doing it because historically... It's worked for them in a fight, and that's why they're training it. If, they, if you don't see them doing it, it doesn't mean that they, it doesn't mean that they, it doesn't work. It means that it may not work, or it means that they don't know about it yet. And I kind of feel like you didn't see Wing Chun before because they you weren't they didn't have evidence of it working. And now you're seeing guys actually making it work in the cage, and it's starting to get its respect. And you're going to see it grow. I really do think you're going to see it grow. And, and especially with guys like tony ferguson being you know young and powerful and, and and effective and i just think you're finally going to see wing chun grow a little bit in in the in the mma community i think it's wonderful
0: yeah absolutely and like you said even if it's not kind of straight wing chun i mean also to be fair there's nobody and i think even what when traditional martial artists get very defensive like i've said before there's nobody going in there with a straight any style right now and winning an MMA. I mean, you have to be able to blend all of these elements effectively to be able to fight. You don't have a straight kickboxer going in there and winning the title or a straight jujitsu guy, right? So it's also like sometimes a bit unfair, I find, for certain traditional martial arts where they say, how come you don't have some straight Wing Chun guy go in there and and, and win? It's like, you don't have a straight any guy going in there winning right now. No one is is a purist, right? So it's it's kind of a bit unfair to then saddle all of that onto like Wing Chun's back or something like that, right? No one says Muay Thai sucks because there's no pure Muay Thai boxer in there with a UFC belt, right? You know what I mean? Right, exactly and so, right. But yet somehow other traditional martial arts get saddled with this kind of burden, right? Which none of the so-called modern martial arts get saddled with, right? But I think even if those guys aren't doing straight Wing Chun, what you what you see is something like a parallel thinking, right? Once you've kind of you know, uh, maximized or optimized what you could do with your boxing and kickboxing and wrestling and jujitsu skill set. Well, then where do you get an advantage? And you get it sometimes in these little tweaks in a slightly different way of approaching the fight and kicking from a different angle, doing a different, and what you're gonna find are things that are a little bit outside of the box and stuff that's outside of the box for standard wrestling or kickboxing, may also, in fact, resemble Wing Chun. Even if the, those guys didn't take it from Wing Chun, they may, like, you know, kind of on opposite sides of the world, they invent the wheel kind of thing, you know? And so it, right. I think it truth could be is one truth. of those things. Yes.
1: Truth is truth. Principles are principles for a reason. And Wing Chun is a principle-based art. Just like you can know it's a principle-based art. And when, you, when you have something that's principle-based, that it's based on a truth, no one owns that truth it may be um, a fundamental core piece of your system but you don't own it so when you see somebody doing it you could say oh wow they like it's it's easy for us to say as a human being hey look my art does abc and i see this guy doing abc so he must be doing my art in a way, right. he is, but he's actually just expressing the truth or principle in in the fight, and that's wonderful. And I think when you see a guy like Tony Ferguson now reach into Wing Chun because he's recognized and and, and recognized the the, um, the the idea of this principle-based art being fundamentally true in combat, there's so much of it that it, it's it now gives him the ability to actually it it gives him the idea to go in and, and start looking at more of Wing Chun to see what he can do. It's like me as a as a as a JKD guy, I I, I love watching boxing. And I would sit there, I remember like years ago, watching like Tyson and all these guys, watching Tyson fights even like long after he had stopped fighting. And I remember calling up Steve Golden and saying like, Oh, I watched this fight and you write about this and we and you know, we would talk about certain boxing matches. And I remember saying like, oh, I didn't know he did JKD. It was like I was young and stupid, right? You know. I mean, uh-huh. listen, I'm not gonna lie and say you know it's like I was I didn't didn't quite grasp it back then. I would kind of like looked at it like, oh no, if that's Jeet Kune Do, That must mean he was studying Jeet Kune Do, right? Right. And he and he and I remember Steve like explaining to me that like truth is truth. That this idea of breaking the rhythm with footwork is not something that JKD owns, just because. It's done in JKD. It's a truth in combat. It's a truth in any athletic endeavor. You know, this idea of, you know, like um, understanding distance and, and, and timing and, and rhythm. And these are these are truths in athletic endeavors. It's truth in football. It's a, it's, true, it's truth in hockey. And it's truth in fighting. And while it's a part of Jeet Kune Do, a major, major, major part of Jeet Kune Do, when you look at a boxer... And the boxer's doing it. The boxer's not. The boxer's quote-unquote doing JKD when he's doing that. But he's not doing JKD. He's just doing boxing. You know. It's why. It's like. It's why you can sit there and say, you know, um, do you need to learn Jeet Kune Do to be a great boxer? Obviously no. Obviously no. Do you need to be a great boxer to do Jeet Kune Do? No. But both would help the other. Right. You know, it's like it's like uh, in the Jeet Kune Do community, there's, there's this um, argument that people just spend way too much fucking time arguing about, in that, do you need to do Wing Chun in order to do Jeet Kune do? Absolutely not. In my opinion, you do not need to do Wing Chun in order to do Jeet Kune do. Would it help? Oh yeah, it'll help. But it's it's not necessary. You know, you don't, you don't have to. You could learn the structure without uh, without doing the forms. You could, you know, a JKD person doesn't have to do Wing Chun in order to do JKD, but it sure as hell will help him. It sure. would. I, I think. I believe it would make the JKD better. Now, it could make the JKD worse in some ways. In that, to do JKD and say you are a JKD guy you can't get so wrapped up in another art regardless of the art that you take away from your JKD but to learn some Wing Chun will absolutely help I'm going off on a tangent here but it will absolutely help you grow in JKD and, and, and now that was like, to take it back to the original topic to, to see this Wing Chun being incorporated with so many MMA guys it just right. goes to show you that well maybe an MMA guy's not going to step into the cage and fight Definitely shows you that there's there's some realistic, combat ready stuff going on in Wing Chun, and it's finally being recognized by MMA guys. Yeah, absolutely. My uh,
0: my good friend uh, Maurice Crump, who who did uh, uh, the movie The Protector Two with Tony Jaa, and he's also the trainer for Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. So he actually trained that actor for the for the Black Panther film, and he's a friend of mine. And Maurice is amazing. He moves like. I mean, he's in, in terms of martial arts he, um, practitioners, not just actors, because he's a legit martial arts practitioner that I've met in terms of raw physical movement and the ability to adapt and really blend like movement seamlessly in a martial arts way. I don't think there's anyone better that I've seen than Maurice Crump. He's phenomenal. And he's been to my school a couple of times. Uh, he taught some seminars and, uh, you know, he's just amazing. And so he told me one time he was uh, he met with Anderson Silva and actually you can see online there's uh, some uh, training footage of Maurice together with Anderson Silva and um, he told me that, you know, he was, you know, discussing some stuff with Anderson and they were on the ground. And he showed, you know, Maurice is not a Wing Chun guy, but he knows a little bit about Wing Chun. He can can do some Wing Chun stuff, perhaps even better than some people who claim to be Wing Chun people. (laughs) And uh, he showed, uh, I believe, I I don't want to misquote him or whatever. It's been a few years since he told me the story. But, you know, he showed Anderson like kind of packs out with a punch and laps out with a punch on the ground. And he said, Anderson is like, whoa, this is. There's the idea of controlling and hitting someone with, you know, at the same time. He's like, wow, this is amazing. He goes, uh, you know, how come more people aren't doing this? Right. And he said that that was Anderson's kind of observation after having seen that, which is pretty interesting. Like you said, you know, sometimes if you don't see someone doing something in MMA, either they found it not effective for them or they don't know it yet. And I think that people might miss or might underestimate How specialized the skill sets of a lot of fighters are, and maybe how little exposure they have to things that are like a little bit outside of the box, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, um,
1: we have this topic tonight. Well, I actually have two. Before we get to the topic, because the topic is is all this talk about um, MMA and fighting, and I really want to talk about one thing real quick. Recently, he was talking with a, uh, a a fellow JKD practitioner, and he had mentioned to me, kind of like offhandedly, "What's the some? What's something that you see commonly missing from a lot of JKD practitioners' game?" And the first thing that popped into my head, which it's 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 all the time, is it's it's rare to see a JKD guy. I'm not saying all JKD people. But it's rare to see a JKD guy That has proper head movement Head movement in JKD is vital It's vital You need to be able to slip Bob weave Level change You need head movement if you're, and, and head movement is not just about Preventing you from getting punched You know That's, that's, a, that's a misnomer it's, While that's a, a major part of it that you want to be able to slip punches and things to that effect. Head movement will help set up you being able to punch your opponent. The idea of a, a level change, change the angle and punch where his head will be. This will this will help you score punches. You realize when, when, you, when you move back, people are gonna follow you, right? So if, if you have some proper head movement and you kind of slip change an angle, and punch to where his head, if if your opponent does not have proper head movement, he's going to move forward, and his head position is predictable. Understand where, give yourself the ability to do two things, folks. You want to be able to move your head so that it's not predictable, and you want to see if your opponent moves his head. Because if his head, if your opponent does not have proper head movement, then all, it's only a matter of, of knowing what, where he's stepping to. Once you know where he's stepping to, you know exactly where his head's going to be before he knows where his head's going to be. You understand? If, if, if he doesn't have proper head movement, it's just a matter of getting him to step forward, step to the side, and, and throwing the punch to where his head will be. You know, you, that this is a vital game that proper head movement and change of angles will give you. And it's it's something that it's missing in in a lot of JKD schools. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because it's something that's developed through some hard sparring and you know and a, and a, and intelligent intelligent hard sparring, not just two guys beating the shit out of each other. I, I don't know I don't know why it's missing, but it is missing in a lot of JKD groups. This idea of head movement and changing of angles, and um, if it's missing in your game there's no reason to tell anybody oh well, that's missing in my game just i think you should look into it you know look into head movement you, you know, i'm sure there's must be youtube videos about it and you know try and learn a couple of things and and grab a grab one of your friends in the in the, in the school and, and and really work on it it will change your game proper head movement
0: there is um actually because you mentioned like if for people who don't have it and want to learn it I don't know off the top of my head, if I knew we were gonna talk about this, I would have looked it up in advance, but I'm pretty sure if you guys Google it or even just look it up on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. There's a guy who uh, teaches, he's got a head movement course. Like literally that's all he teaches, right? Yeah, and what he did to prove it is he went out into the public, you could probably get a YouTube video, and he gave people boxing gloves, right? I remember yes. this trying to hit me in the head,
1: right? Yes.
0: And oh, wow, that's he the He fast. didn't punch back. He didn't defend using his hands. He defended only using head movement. And what's interesting is obviously, okay, these are not high level. These are random people on the street. But if you're concerned with being able to fight well on the street, look, first of all, someone with no training, can accidentally clean your clock because of awkward movement and the fact that someone doesn't have years of training doesn't necessarily make them less dangerous right right in fact they're often more unpredictable because they're not going to come out with like a clean jab jab cross they're going to you know swing wildly so basically the guy put his hands behind his back if I remember correctly and he just put gave people boxing gloves and and told them like in the movie Fight club I want you to hit me as hard as you can. And to hit him in the head and no one could even touch him. And then he does this basically as a very uh, uh, thinly veiled advertisement for a course that he has. And I've actually seen some of the stuff that he teaches and it's really intelligent, really smart. So I think if people just want to hone in on that one skill, you know, go on YouTube, go on Google, type in like, you know, guy invites people to hit him in the head or <laughs> whatever it is and uh buy that guy's course i don't even i think it's i don't even think it's a hundred dollars but definitely definitely worth it to really hone that skill he shows exactly how to do it how to time it which way to go all that kind of stuff it's like really really detailed and i, I highly recommend that i think that'd be super helpful for anyone who wants to improve that skill
1: i mean and you you watched away mike tyson fights it's all built around sway body movement and head movement it's just and, and power I mean Mike right. Tyson made famous the whole uh, head bag right the, the swinging head bag I, I don't even know what it's called I know I had one for the longest time it was fantastic and you know it's just it's basically a, an old speed bag filled up with dried beans and you know it, you swing it above your head so that the bag is at the, the high level of your of your head and you swing it back and forth and just to practice your head movement back and forth and ducking and, and bob and weave and, and be able to, you know, throw punches and to develop the ability to throw punches in there. Um, it's, it's a fantastic training tool, this head, head movement bag. I got to find out what the real name of that is. It's got me. Right. But um, if you want to really, really increase your uh, ability to fight and control a fight, I strongly suggest... Um, uh, head movement looking for head movement
0: yeah awesome so uh yeah and i mean also tyson's style was called what it was called the peekaboo style right right right, so that, exactly, it right. definitely it <laughs> gives one a little bit of the impression of what you know maybe the more important elements are of that style um but yeah so our main topic tonight's kind of uh um well i i suppose depending on who you are some people might think it's I'm not going to say controversial, but let's say a very heated topic to talk yeah, about.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's somewhat controversial I think martial artists—it it seems to be—it seems to be an accepted truth in the martial arts that you and I disagree with. The the, uh, the we 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 disagree with this paradigm, you yes. know. Um, well, again, you bring it up. Talk about it a little bit.
0: So, um, yeah, this whole idea about things like challenge fights and challenging other people. Uh, Usually it's within the same family because when it comes to to Kung Fu, very rarely is it like I'm the Wing Chun guy and I want to challenge the Hong Kun guy. It's like it's always within its familiarity breeds contempt. It's always within the same family, maybe not the exact lineage, but it's always people kind of in the same neighborhood that tend to say things and literally Grown man babies decide that because someone said something about the history of their style now now this is a fight worthy cause and so the reason this came up is because recently a Mutual friend of uh, both uh, uh, big Sean and I was quote-unquote challenged somewhere online somewhere in the social media stratosphere uh, by someone who basically got upset that this friend of ours had written an article, something about the history of some style or whatever, and other people used this article to basically call out this other instructor and say uh, maybe that his story isn't entirely factual or something like that, right? And this guy got so super upset that he basically challenged our mutual friend to a fight. Well, lo and behold, this man baby Um, also blocked our mutual friend which means that our mutual friend cannot physically see the challenge which is also really funny it's kind of like i'm gonna challenge you to a fight but i'm gonna make sure that i blocked you all over social media so you never see it which is kind of like uh, like you cannot write this stuff right this is really ridiculous and this is the epitome of man baby behavior because as someone who comes from the leong tang lineage within wing chun which is a somewhat Uh, heretical, uh, perhaps even controversial lineage within the Yip Man line, um, I'm used to a fair amount of slights and attacks and things like that that people say. And I find it really funny that someone could... Say something like, okay, let's take it in the wheelhouse of Leung Tang, all right? Just I'll keep it very personal so that I don't make an example of anyone else, right? So, Leung Teng is someone who, despite all of his popularity and success, and yada yada yada, people still, uh, you know, people still take some issue or some umbrage with his credentials and say, well, he wasn't a direct student of Yip Man, he was a student of Leung Sung, and you know, he says he was a closed door student, but was he really a closed door student? All this kind of stuff, right? And it's funny because, you know, what is the thing that people always get upset about? People always get upset about when you try to offend them. But the funny thing is people don't realize that if they're trying to prove a point on their side, they have no problem offending you to prove their point, just as long as you don't offend them and so what and and this is kind of the level of discourse of everything it's like i'm gonna tell you why your lineage totally sucks because i have all these reasons but then you say one thing about me and then suddenly it's fighting words And it's like wait a minute you don't realize that you're literally not allowing the other person to return volley on the same thing that you're doing to them so anyway if i go back to my wheelhouse right so there are people that say, okay, Leung Tang never learned from Yip Man or he wasn't this or wasn't that or whatever, right? And so if I, if I listen to something like that, all right, as someone who's been part of this lineage for 20 something years, I go, well, I totally understand why you would say that. And if I ask them, what lineage do you come from, by the way, and they tell me I'm from so and so. OK, now I totally understand why you're going to say that. Right. Because that lineage, they have their issue with Leung Tang. That is the company line. You're literally just a product of the product. Right. And so it, I totally understand why you would say that it doesn't bother me at all. Right. Like like your Sifu probably told you that. And that's totally fine. Whether it's misguided or not, doesn't really bother me because Someone else's belief on whether leng Ting learned or didn't learn from Yip Man changes nothing about what I understand about Wing Chun, and and it also changes right. nothing about what I do or what I enjoy or what I can teach my students, and what you very because I I could easily say look I look at this evidence like. Literally, Grandmaster Yip Man said Leng Ting was his closed door student in the 1972 New Martial Hero magazine. But, oh, you don't read Chinese, so of course you never read that, right? So I could go back and fire back with facts, right? But why? Because I already know what I know. This person is only saying that to be inflammatory. And It doesn't change anything. And also, I don't feel the least bit insecure about what I do, my lineage, my credentials, my abilities. If I were to have to lash out every time someone would question Ting's credentials, one, I would question my own security in what I know and what I do. And I would also wonder, why do I let people live in my head so cheaply? Like someone can just say something and they get so upset that I have to fight them. So first of all, all right, difference between fighting and self-defense. Self-defense, there's only one willing participant. (laughs) Fighting, there are two willing participants, right? (laughs) And so I'm going to now fight. And here's also the funny thing too. So back to our friend here. Let's say this guy who's, you know, claiming to want to challenge our friend for writing an article for, for F sakes, right? So let's say he meets our friend somewhere, or ambushes him or shows up to a school. And let's say he fully lays out our friend and knocks him down and out flat. Can I have a car? He, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He still didn't prove that what our friend wrote was not true. Right. That's and, the and big what, thing. Yeah. And what it is, is that what they're trying to do is mask some kind of insecurity in this particular case about their lineage or their credentials and they're trying to mask it with well i could probably punch this guy out and if you punch this guy out which i'm not entirely convinced they could anyway but if they punch this guy out it still doesn't mean anything right think about uh you know the 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 even within the wing chun styles, right? You know, the very famously William Chung and my seeing Imin Baostepe, right? The after that incident that didn't change anything. The William Chung people doubled down just as much after that incident because now they were attacked by an outside source and all the leung ting people felt exactly the same as they did before and everyone else outside of william chung and leung ting didn't have their opinion change if they had a favorable opinion of william chung then they thought that the incident was terrible and if they had a disfavorable opinion of william chung they would have remained absolutely the same so whether you go and punch someone's lights out or wrestle them to the floor or do whatever doesn't change the narrative in the general martial arts world as much as people think it does. If you want to argue lineage or dates, then you write an article. If 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 you want to talk about the veracity of one's Kung Fu style versus another one and you have a willing participant, then by all means have a challenge fight and make it fair and do it open. But to, to try to fight someone because they wrote something that says maybe your Sifu didn't learn whatever.
1: I mean, come on, this is such man, baby nonsense. You know, it's really, and it grows, it grows, it grows from this internet, internet internet-based world we live in. It's, 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 and it started not just with Facebook, before Facebook, there was these, um, you know, uh, discussion forums, and, you know, and I ran a discussion forum for years, and this idea of guys getting into a fist fight over (laughs) nonsense that was posted on a discussion forum. Is just such childish, unprofessional bullshit. And it solves nothing. It right. solves absolutely nothing. If 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 Alex and I really didn't know each other well and we we met we were and, and had two different other personalities, and we met on some Wing Chun discussion forum and I saw something in the lungting uh, Lung Ting uh, first form that I do differently and I asked him about it and he said, well, we do it for this. And I said, well, that's silly. I wouldn't do that. We do it like this. And he said, well, <laughs> well, your Sifu's wrong. My, my Sifu got this directly from this person. And, and I said, well, my seafood was direct trained with that person. He doesn't do that. And, and well, yeah, let's see who's right. And Alex says, come meet me in my midtown school and we'll fight to see. So there's only two outcomes. I go there and beat him Why well, I go there and he beats me. Neither one proves the, 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 proves what's right.
0: Yeah, you know that I mean? the the like, at uh,
1: That the angle of the tan-sao that we were initially discussing is wrong. Right. <laughs> it's like, so I go there, step forward, and Alex punches me in the face, and I go down. Oh, wait, that, that means the angle of the tan-sao that we were talking about, that Alex was talking about, is right. Or I go there, I step forward and punch Alex in the face, and hit it, and he goes down. And it, it doesn't prove either one of these things were right. It just exactly. proves that on that day, in that minute, on that second, in that movement, I got the better of him, while well, he got the better of me. It right. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't add to the fundamental argument. And it, it could be a technique based argument. It could be a principle based argument. It could be a lineage based argument. It's all bullshit. It's all yes. bullshit. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's like I I faced this with Steve Golden as well. You know, people didn't like. That Steve Golden was identified as a student of Bruce Lee, when he should have been considered a student of Dan Inosanto, even you know, even even though he trained in Bruce Lee's Chinatown school and in Bruce Lee's backyard, it's like so people say, well, he's actually an Inosanto guy. Who you know what? Who gives a fuck? Honestly, in my opinion, I don't care because while I may have. Went to Steve Golden because of Bruce Lee. I stayed with Steve Golden for over twenty years because of Steve Golden. I don't, I don't, I don't care about, I don't care about those couple of years so much back in the late sixties, early seventies, as opposed to what happened between you know the seventies and now, and and that's what was important to my development, you know. So when people sit to me and say, well, you know, Steve talks a lot about the five ways of attack, but five ways of attack, you know, weren't. Um, As important towards the end, uh, you know, I don't give a shit. I I don't care. I enjoy what I'm doing, you know. And and, and me getting together with somebody else and fighting them over it would just be ridiculous. Challenge matches are nonsense. They solve nothing. And this idea of, oh, you insulted me, the, the... the, the Shaolin Temple and my seafood. so now we must go to Gleason's gym and, and, and look like two morons trying to fight <coughs> means nothing. And you know what? It gets even worse. I, I remember once I'm logging on to Facebook. This had to be f- five, seven years ago. And I, I went to go check my, my Facebook group, and there was a friend of mine who up to this minute, I always thought to be a level-headed person, The night before, got into a, you know, cyber war with somebody else over some fucking nonsense with JKD. You know, whatever. Trapping didn't work or some other stupid shit. And by the end of the conversation, they determined that they live about an hour away from each other. So they were (laughs) going to go to a park and fight that weekend. So that morning, I I literally sent my friend a message on Facebook and said, are you a moron? You're really going to go do this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, does your wife know? Right. And he goes, well, I didn't tell her yet. I'm like, so you're married with kids. This is the legacy you want for your kids? He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, so you go to the park and you punch this dude and he pulls out a knife and stabs you. Right. So for the rest of your kid's life, they have to think, "Wow, my dad was so fucking stupid. He died because he didn't like what somebody on Facebook said about him." <laughs> yeah, Worse it's than that, right? Right. Worse than that, my dad was so fucking stupid. He died because he didn't like what someone said about the hobby that he does part-time that doesn't even feed his family. <laughs> <Like> he, <laughs> you realize when two men go to a park to fight or go to someplace to fight, shit like that happens. Yep. People, I don't know about what happens in other towns, but I can tell you here in New York, if me and you get into a fight and I'm losing and I feel like I'm going to get hurt, I'm taking a knife and cutting your ass. You know, right. So that happens in the real world. Everybody that's probably listening to it's got to be. I, I'm going to bet right now, sixty to seventy percent of people listening to this podcast right now carry some sort of everyday carry knife, and God forbid you ever had to cut somebody with that. God forbid it's life changing. But what's you know what's more life changing about having to cut somebody and stab somebody? Getting fucking stabbed. Okay, that's more life changing. And and even if it's like, well, it's an agreed upon fight in a school. With, with, you know, cameras there, so no one's actually going to get hurt. Oh, really? No one's actually going to get hurt. When two guys punch each other about the fucking head, shit happens. Concussions happen. Broken hands happen. People get hurt. They fingers in the eyes. This, this is a real world we live in. And the idea of challenge matches is archaic. It's ridiculous. It's nonsense. You want to really, really, really piss off the other guy? I mean, really fucking make him feel like shit, be a success. Yep. Being a success will fucking piss that guy off beyond belief. You know how many guys wanted to fight me and I kind of laughed at them and and it just drove them fucking nuts? That To, the, to this day, I know a guy, he hates me and he literally recently told somebody that he he logged onto my group and saw that I have over 8000 members in my Facebook group and it fucking pisses him off. <laughs> and I love it cuz like I hadn't even forgotten about the guy. And to this day years later he still hates me because right. I wouldn't fight him. If you really right. really 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 want to piss off somebody, be a success. I mean look at Alex. Could anybody on this earth even like him? No. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to actually like Alex. And does Alex <laughs> go around beating everybody up? No. He's become a success and that pisses off everybody around him because he's a success. I mean, there's actually nothing likable about Alex, right? And yet he's still <laughs> very little. Very little, you know? It's like <laughs> <Little>. <laughs> you know, this is, but this is the way to live your life. Be fucking happy, folks. And and this idea of challenge matches where, I mean, Alec can speak about this better than I can. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe served some purpose back in the 60s and 70s. I don't know. I, I doubt that, in my opinion, I don't even think that was true. But today, it's even less truth. This this idea of two grown-ups going to some place and fighting is just, just nonsense. First of all, we don't... There's no such thing as a... Uh, an agreed upon fight a legally any challenge match oh yeah right.
0: that too yeah absolutely
1: you know so so alex that's and illegal. i sit there and say right so alex and i say oh yeah well you know what your bounce, i was wrong no your bounce i was wrong well that's it i'll meet you at central park at 10 o'clock and we both go and this video there's a i was gonna say a video camera because i'm fucking 110 years old there's someone <laughs> there's someone videoing it on their phones and we both say we both agreed to this challenge match and we start fighting And Alex fucking breaks my neck By mistake He didn't mean to hurt me But he hits me I fall I bang my head I die My family now sues Alex And now owns this awesome Wing Chun school On, middle, on, on 6th Avenue in Manhattan Because he killed me in the park Well was it agreed upon fight No you know There is no challenges anymore That's not, that's not even legal You know It's just It's, it's, it's stupidity It's absolute right. utter stupidity to this this idea of challenge fights
0: yeah especially when you look at like the reasons for it and what people say the reasons are right so there's so many people that say they're going to fight for the honor of their lineage or their style but the entire reason that they're goaded to fight is personal ego it has it's actually unbelievably narcissistic to think that you are the person who now carries the entire weight of your system on their shoulders, and you now need to beat somebody up in combat to you know, prove the banner of your style as being the best or whatever. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Now look, when did challenge fights make some sense? It maybe makes a little bit of sense at the beginning when a style is becoming established, right? Because you need to, like, especially if it's in a more collegial way between other martial artists, maybe not in a tournament, but in a more agreed upon kind of contest, right? So if you look at, like, you know, in the early, when we talk about the challenge fights in the Wing Chun school, right? Yeah, in the early 50s, no one knew what Wing Chun was. So these were some Wing Chun students having challenge matches with people who were mostly their classmates at school. So, I don't think people realize how much it's not to say that any fighting is really friendly, but how much more collegial this was between, oh, my friend, he practices Hongkün, I'm doing this style called Wing Chun. Let's meet up afterwards and see what's what. The Wing Chun people who are learning this new style in the 50s wanted to see what they could do to see if what Sifu Yipman was teaching them really made sense or not. The other people wanted to know what the hell Wing Chun was. And you know what they did, they fought. And after they were done, they shook hands. And you know we know that most of these fights were kind of more or less I'm not going to say friendly but you know they were more like contests between friends or kung fu schools than these solemn death matches is because in the few instances where it got out of hand where stuff got too serious those are stories that people still talk about today They don't talk about the tons of times when, you know, someone just exchanged hands with someone and knocked them down or something like that. They talk about the time when, like, the Southern Mantis guys got really injured and that caused a huge rift where suddenly they wanted to send a bunch of people over to Yip Man's school. Or they talk about the time when Lock Yu punched a very high-level master of the Eternal Spring right in the nose and made him bleed because that caused a huge rift. They actually talk about it when it did get serious because most of the other fights were a lot less serious and they were right. a lot more collegial, right? And the few times that it went a little off the rails, uh, I don't know if you um, if you heard it, but a few, uh, like about two months ago, I did that quarantine conversations with David Peterson. And I asked them towards the end of the podcast, I said, uh, you know, uh, Wong San Leung being uh, David Peterson's Sifu, obviously being very famous as uh, Kong Zhao Wang, the one who uh, accepted uh, most of the challenge fights for the Wing Chun school. did he ever have any stories, um, you know, like that stuck out about any of those kind of fights? And the story that stuck out was the one time he really hurt someone. Because mm-hmm. that's an, and 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 David Peterson said you know sometimes maybe people think that Wong and I paraphrase of course you guys should all listen to that episode to get it straight from the horse's mouth so I'm just paraphrasing here um, that you know Wong Solong maybe has the. Uh, um, Reputation as being someone who wanted to fight all the time, but in reality, he just wanted to test and improve his skills, which meant that these fights were a little bit more in a kind of scientific kind of way, as opposed to defending the honor of the Wing Chun school, or you right. know, and, and and so on and so forth, which and is a completely different thing. It's an exactly, absolutely completely different thing. Which is a lot more on uh, what you always the, the term you like, which is combat athletics. Maybe that right. is not what they were. That's wouldn't how that's not necessarily how they would phrase it or wasn't done in the exact same way, but it's in the same spirit as opposed to like, I'm defending the honor of the and Of course, they're proud to to be from the Yip Man School or whatever, but it's not quite the same. It's done in a lot more. I'm trying to improve myself and and, you know, Wong ended and it was the last challenge fight that he had officially and he hurt the guy and he hurt the guy really bad and so what did he do every chinese new year he sent some money over to that person right Right. because he felt so bad about it and then you think about it when these chuckleheads talk about challenging someone else they think i'm gonna you know break this guy's jaw or you know maim him or cripple him forever and it's like you know when that actually happens you have to live with that and a street fight that happens on the street people don't realize you knock someone out on the pavement and they land on their head there's a reason why fighting contests are done on canvas or mats right. and it has something to do with what, ha- what happens when you get knocked out and then you land on the ground, right? People don't realize literally how dangerous it is to actually try to hurt someone and think about it. So like we're talking about, we, let's say we have an argument about you do tan sao one way, I do tan sao another way. We end up fighting. I punch you, let's say I knock you out. The tan sao issue wasn't resolved. Let's say you knock me out with one punch. The Tan sao issue wasn't resolved. Let's say you eat a bunch of punches, I eat a bunch of punches, and you just eventually beat me. So it's not even an easy fight. Tan sao thing is not resolved. I hit you a bunch of times, you hit me a bunch of times, I edge you out at the very end. Tan sao issue still not resolved. So it's like, if you look it's at all the possible, it's totally meaningless, right? And it's, it's purely, nonsense. it's purely ego. It has nothing to pretend that this has to do with honor. In my opinion, is the height of narcissism. You know, um, I'll, I may have related this story one time before, but um, many years ago, I, um, you know, my, my first wife, she was also Chinese and Sifu uh, Teng, when I first met him, he was having a bit of a war with one of his ex-students who then kind of started to cause some trouble for him. And I was kind of a young upstart and very much willing to do whatever Sifu Lengtig told me to do. You know, if he told me to cut his milk, I would cut it, right, without asking. Uh, And uh, he basically asked me in in a pretty direct way uh, to beat up this ex-student of his and to do it in, um, you know... I mean, this is many years ago. I can tell the story openly now, uh, you know, to go there basically, you know, with camera and challenge this guy at a seminar and basically, you know, show show that he, maybe he's not as good as he claims that he is. Right. And I remember the moment he said that to me, because I was so enamored with Sifu taking at that point, I didn't even think twice. I was like, OK. And I had just been teaching right. for about a year. I've been teaching for about two years and you know my school was new and i was learning from him directly at that point and i remember i went back and told told my my first wife about that i go yeah uh, i think i'm gonna have to fly to this other country whatever and and, if, and she just looked at me and she's like are you crazy she goes you have a wife you have a business you're gonna go to a foreign country and essentially assault somebody for somebody else and you're gonna leave that place without anyone doing anything to you, without the authorities being involved, you're gonna get on a plane and fly back. Right? And right. and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, like... Like, like I didn't even like, it even like dawn on me to think about the, <laughs> the most the most obvious of consequences, not to mention what could have gone wrong in the fight itself. What if it had gone wrong for me? What if I got knocked out and landed on my head and I'm in a foreign country in a hospital? Right, like, like you know, but like, and it sometimes it takes someone who doesn't do martial arts to go like, what the like, what the f kind of world are you living in? This is this is absurd. This is not how humans and adults interact.
1: Right, it's it's an archaic way of thinking that, yeah. and that gets that gets put on martial artists by other martial artists and makes them feel in fear if they don't take part. This idea of well, we're fighters. And they're fighters, so this is how we're going to solve our, solve our yeah. mis- disagreement. We're fighters, so we have to fight. Give me a fucking break. Grow the fuck up. Have a discussion. Yes. Sit down and say, hey, Alex, why do you have such a stupid-looking dance-out? And he right. would laugh and say, listen, you fat bastard, I do it this <laughs> way because of that. And I say, oh, wow, you know what? I never tried that. I should try that. You know, yes. Or, you know what? I tried it. It didn't work for me. Well maybe we'll get together and work on that one day. Sure, or sure. you know th- like that kind of thing. Like that's how that's how grown-ups for, fight, quote unquote fight. You know, we 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 I can sit there and say, nah, you know what, I tried it, it didn't work for me. And I'll just sit there in his head and say, Well, okay, well, it works for me. I don't know what the fuck his problem is, but that's fine. Like you know right. what I mean? And we go on and we eat our pizza. It's just yes. It's 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 how grown-ups handle a discussion. This idea of, you know what, my seafood trained with so-and-so for eighteen months. And your Chifu only trained with that person for 14 months. So my Sifu knows more than your Sifu. So that makes me a better fighter than you. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It means nothing. Well, it means my, my, my Sifu trained at, like in JKD, you hear, my, my Sifu trained at the end of Bruce Lee's life and your Sifu trained at the beginning. So my Sifu's Jeet Kune is more up to date to what Bruce Lee was doing than what your Sifu was teaching okay, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Now, it right. doesn't mean I don't respect what your Sifu is doing. I absolutely respect. But it doesn't mean that what you do now is any better than what I do. It doesn't, right. it just, and even on, even if you're going to look at it on a historical perspective, if you think that like, oh, because like, uh, we'll lose Steve Golden. Oh, Steve Golden trained in the Chinatown School I don't know what it was, Seven months Eight months And then did Then did some time In um, Bruce Lee's backyard Did he have the same amount of time With Bruce Lee As Ted Wong Dan Asanto Of course not Of course not Did what Ted Wong And Dan Asanto do Probably Are more in line With Bruce Lee did yeah, probably, because they had more time than, what Steve, than Steve Golden did. Arguably, you could say Dan Asanto and Ted Wong had the greatest amount of time with Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. And what they do is not even remotely close to each other. Right. So, they're not even remotely close to each other. And I honestly, truly believe that both of these men... Both of these honorable, good men are teaching what they believe Bruce Lee taught them. Right. I honestly believe that Ted Wong taught 100% what Bruce Lee taught him with all of his heart and soul. And I believe that Guru Dan Santo teaches what he feels... Bruce Lee would have wanted him to teach with all of his heart and soul. And they don't even remotely look alike. Right. So to sit there and say, oh, well, Steve Golden trained with Bruce Lee in 1968. And, you know, I don't care. It's what happened since then. Yes. That I care about. So if I can sit there and be comfortable with this... When some Guru Dan guy or some Ted Wong guy or some Jerry Petit guy or whatever guy sits there and says to me, well, you know, Steve Golden. I don't care what their opinion is. I sit there right. usually say, oh, okay, thank you. You know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, Steve Golden, he's only about the trapping. Uh, okay. Well, right. you, know, you know, like they go through this whole like thing. I don't care. Well, why right. are you wasting your time on, on Chi when Bruce Lee threw out Chi Okay. Like, I don't care. It's, right. it's, it's it's meaningless to me I'm not people gonna so
0: easily triggered by uh, dissenting opinions it's ridiculous it's just so
1: ridiculous it's like and you know what I respect what they're saying I'll listen to what they're saying but I'm not gonna get into a fight over it I just will not and it, and it right. doesn't upset me like people try and like sit there and say like you know oh stupid shit like oh uh, you know uh, five ways of attack or Naji Kundo or okay you know, I, I don't care. It's like, right. I, I honestly, truly respect these people. I respect their ability. I respect their knowledge, but I, I, I don't get, like you say, triggered over it. it. Doesn't I don't care. It's like, you know, if you don't like something that I teach or something that Steve teaches, I, it's just, it's meaningless to me. And. And yes, I guess on some level you want to see someone walk up and punch these assholes in the face, but it's not going to be me because I have I couldn't care less, right? You know, and it's funny it's oftentimes the biggest guys with the biggest mouths, they don't even train.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. They don't and even train. They're the least train. likely to actually do anything when when they're actually really there.
1: Right. It's it's like there's guys out there I know that literally put themselves out there as like. You know, the watch guards of Jeet Kune Do, they don't even train in Jeet Kune Do. They talk like they do. They act like they do. They've been to a couple of seminars. They don't train. And I, you know, listen, I respect them as people. They're they're nice people. I'm just, but to sit there and say, you know, they pass judgment on people over historical records, it's just fucking ridiculous. Unless someone is telling a direct lie. I don't care. So if you, if Steve Golden got up on Facebook one day and said, "Well, in my six years of training with Bruce Lee as a personal student of," and then someone says, "Hey, you no, know, you know what?" He just said something that that's a direct lie, you know. Mm-hmm. Then okay, hey, listen, you know, you can call him on that. I'm still not going to fight you over it, but like right. that's fine, you know. But to sit over these differences of opinion and people get so worked up and and yeah. and. It's just, it's just pure utter bullshit.
0: Well, I also think part of it is that ultimately, again, it comes to ego and it comes to insecurity, because if you've really trained something deeply, and you've practiced it, and you've, you know, even taught it, and you've worked it and developed it, you have an understanding of something that also allows you to understand the pitfalls of it. You know, like if you're really good at. Uh, Jeet Kune Do, for example, you also understand as a Jeet Kune Do person the things you need to watch out for because of your tendencies. If I'm a Wing Chun person and I really understand Wing Chun, I know where Wing Chun is really strong and I know where Wing Chun is weak. So you learn to use it defensively against your liabilities because you really gain a deep expertise, which means you also know the faults. But people who don't gain a deep expertise Feel that anytime you criticize something as an affront to the entire style, and they get very defensive because ultimately their depth of knowledge is not deep enough to actually defend something critically because they think you're criticizing them and their style as opposed <laughs> to just making a cohesive point. And I think one of the, you know, I, I would like to give our listeners an example of someone that, you know, they should try to follow as an instructor and it's not Wing Chun or Jeet Kendo, which I think is makes the point even more powerfully. If you listen to John Donaher, who's one of the best guys from Henzo Gracie in New York, if you go on YouTube and type in John Donaher and just listen to him explain Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, what I'll tell you guys who don't know about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is that the Henzo school is very technical, very advanced, and they have a very specific methodology, which is maybe a little bit different from some of the older strains of jiu-jitsu. But when you hear John Donaher compare how he sets up an arm lock compared to the old ways, he will tell you in a dispassionate way, meaning not trying to tell you why he's doing it better. He'll say, look, you know, certain styles, they do it this way, they prefer to grab this way. We do it like this because it sets it up. The level of expertise allows him to explain it without needing to insult something that's different because it stands on its own merits because he's an expert. And people who are not experts get very upset about any kind of dissenting opinion on lineage, technique, whatever, because ultimately they're insecure as to whether they are actually right. And that then spawns kind of where everyone goes a little off uh, the rails. People should learn. So my thing is like this, like you said about the Tansau thing, we, we would make jokes back and forth, hey, your Tansau looks stupid whatever. But the gag is we would be able to dis- discuss it dispassionately without the heart rate going up a tick and just be like, yeah, we do it like this because of this. Oh, cool. Yeah, we see it that way. And it, it, it wouldn't be because I'm not trying to prove my version is better. I'm just explaining to you why I do it the way I do it. And you can explain to me the way you do it and we can compare it and think about it. And then we're both richer for the experience. Or I can take your different version as an affront to my entire lineage and no one learns anything. Right. And so and, and, and that is, I think, part of the issue. But now I told you and I'll do this really quick. I wanted to tell you one challenge fight story and (laughs) the gag is uh, we just spent the greater part of, you know, 25 minutes discussing how challenge fights are really stupid and pointless or whatever. I'm going to tell you a really old school, ridiculous challenge fight uh, or a challenge fight that could have been. And this has nothing to do with what we just talked about. All right. So all (laughs) how stupid challenge fights are. Throw that out the window for a moment, kiddos. I'm going to tell you some funny story. So in the early 70s, um, Sifu Leung Ting, he had a younger brother named Leung Tun and Leung Tun was the prize fighter of the Leung Ting family and he was uh, he was the one who would go into the fighting contests and fight against the other kung fu styles or whatever and it was full contact fights minimal equipment i think they just had a chest protector maybe a head guard and gloves um, but like you could elbow, you could punch, kick, knee, throw, whatever. And even some slight ground and pound was allowed. And so the younger brother, Leung Tun was the kind of the champion of the family. And so he had a fight with a practitioner from another martial arts style. I'm not going to mention the style. They were in the ring. You know, Leung Tun comes out. He's, he's, a, he's a Wing Chun guy. <laughs> he's a Wing Chun guy. He's very aggressive, right? He hit he hits the the other guy a bunch of times and you know sends the guy down punches the guy on the ground the ref comes and separates them while they're separating the guy that he just downed sucker punches Leung tune like wow. while the ref is separating them right right oh the other the other thing i forgot to mention Leung tune in addition to being a prize fighter and Leung ting's younger brother was also a triad member uh he passed away so that's why i feel i can tell the story right he's not around anymore but he was a um he was a triad member and not well, you're known low... for
1: being very nice people yeah not <laughs> yeah. a low ranking
0: guy so he basically grabbed the guy by the face cage you know that because they have the cage in the front pulled him in and gave the guy a downward elbow on his back <laughs> 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 and the fight was then thusly ended and the crowd erupted because first of all the, the Leung Toon had been sucker punched but then Leung Toon comes back and just basically does a very dangerous shot elbowed to the back of this guy's spine right and the fight is over Leung Toon walks out of the ring right and everyone is booing him right because he t- took this nasty shot on this on his competitor right and everyone's bo- and he just walks through the crowd just fearless gives zero shits goes back to the locker room that's it at this time he was around 18 19 years old and um the next day that school showed up to the Longting gym like outside the Longting gym the sifu right. was there and uh the you know all the people were there and uh they basically wanted the head guy or one of the head guys because apparently the guy who lost was one of their main fighters so either the head sifu or some very high up there wanted to challenge leong ting directly because leong ting's younger brother had beat up their head guy or their prize fighter or whatever i don't know the particulars right and it's quite possible that i'm off on some of the details so you know I'm, i apologize this although about that but i'm telling you the story from someone who was there. So, but I haven't heard, this story was told to me about 10 years ago. So again, details here, there, exactly what this, that, you have to take that into consideration. So the guy walks and the entire school is outside on Nathan Road. And Leung Ting walks out, he sees this, he's having class, right? And it's like, oh man, this is going to be a problem because if the police see this, they're going to know something. Because it was like, it was like a crowd of people in front of the Leung Ting gym. So it was like, we need to Disband this crowd. Otherwise the cops are gonna come something's gonna go on right and so the the, the representative or the Sifu or whoever goes into the Leringting gym and, Le, and Sifu Leringting is he's very savvy right. Uh, the guy goes yeah we're you know we're here to challenge because what your brother did like you know he hurt the back of our best fighter whatever it was. And Leringting says okay I'll tell you what. It's <laughs> a very, very Leringting way of doing things. He goes you bring five of your fighters and we'll bring five of ours and they'll have a fight here and the best out of five wins. Because Larington always does that when it comes to challenges. Because one person could slip and fall and then suddenly you lost. But if you have like five of your best guys versus five of their best guys, then the best out of five is a better sign of how good your school is than whether one person defeats one person. Because you could slip on a banana peel and lose and be a better fighter than the other guy, right? Right. So Siva Leung Teng's thing was always like, five of your, even like in the nineties when they wanted to fight the Gracies with Amy and all that, they were like five of your guys, five of ours. It's always five and five. That's always a Teng's thing. And so they were like, uh, okay. And while they were going out, Toon, the younger brother who had just smashed the other guy the day before, he walks to the gym and uh, he was, I told you he was a triad. He was smoking a cigar. Okay, at 19 years old, having just had this ring fight the day before this kind of give you an idea of what Leung Toon was like, a young upstart with Wing Chun skill, a fighter, triad member smoking a cigar on the street. He sees the crowd in front of his brother's school. He walks through the crowd. Mind you, these are all Choi Le Fud people from the school that hates him because he beat up their guy. He walks through the crowd fearlessly, walks up into his brother's school, smoking a cigar. Walks in, <laughs> and asks, "Where is the sifu of that choi lei Fut school?" And that sifu was in there because he was negotiating with leng Teng.
1: Oh, this he, is a choi
0: lo- lei foot school. <laughs> oh, did I just say that? Yes. Oh, damn it! All right, uh, Hongkun, whatever, uh, other style, whatever, right? And so, uh, sorry, I totally let that slip. So anyway, he <laughs> idiots. So anyway, he he walks in, and he asks to see the sifu. He goes. He's smoking a cigar and he goes, where's the Sifu of this school or whatever? And the Sifu was there. And at that time, he was negotiating with Leung Tang, five of my guys, five of your guys. And Leung Tung looks at him, puffing the cigar. He goes, okay, how about you and me just fight right now? He goes, we'll just settle this right now. <laughs> After, like, leung uh, Ting is trying to manage, like, some kind of amicable five-on-five kind of, like, fight or whatever, Log tung just comes in and nukes the whole thing. He's like, Leung-Tung is like, how about just you and me? And the Sifu didn't want to fight himself. He wanted his five guys versus the five guys at the Leung-Tung gym, right? and the guy was like uh and he walked out and the whole school left and that was it
1: <laughs> and i just go
0: like you know i always wish i had met leung toon because he, i think he passed away in the early 90s but every time i hear these stories like he just seems like an absolute psychopath but everyone tells me he was the nicest guy I'm and, sure. but, then you, but then you hear stories like this and you're like dude the set of stones on that guy <laughs> like I, I really wish i had a chance to meet him because some of the stories i hear are really really fantastic so anyway i just want to wanted to tell that story, even though it has nothing to do with all the ego nonsense we were just discussing. In fact, it probably proves it a little bit more, uh, but I just thought that that was such a such a kind of funny old school that story cool that could story. probably never happen again in the history of uh, Hong Kong martial arts, but
1: anyway. Yeah. That was a cool story. People, you got to remember, there's a difference between self-defense and fighting. Yes. You know, and, you know, someone's going to hurt you, hurt your family, and you fuck them up. But this idea of fighting because he said my teacher isn't this or my system is that or, hey, Sean, you're fat. I mean, like, are you kidding me? I'm sorry, I'm not in the fifth grade. I'm not going to fight you after school because you said something mean about me. It's just beyond ridiculous. And if you think I'm any less of a martial artist for that, okay, I don't care. That's right. fine. You know what I mean? Now if you come in and hit me, well, then you're gonna get hurt.
0: It's a different situation.
1: It's a different situation. But if you right. come and tell me I'm ugly or my teacher is no good, I I don't care. And you know, and some people I think I don't I don't wanna say they're well meaning because I think deep down they're not, but they, they, they offer a lot of people offer insults in the guise of advice. You mm. know, um Like, they'll come to you and say, like, you know, um, so-and-so lineage are known for being better fighters than your lineage, and Uh there's a school that does that lineage not too far from you, so maybe it'd be better if you look into that rather than the lineage you're doing just because they aren't known to be better fighters. Oh, really? Well, I wonder why they're known as better. Well, back in the late 60s, (laughs) the founder of your lineage and that lineage sparred on some rooftop in Hong Kong. And people say that that lineage did better than your lineage. There you go. 40 or 50 years ago, Something happened on some rooftop in Hong Kong, and that affects right. me here. Why? Exactly. This, this shouldn't anger me. Why? Like you know, it's just, and it and it's it's offered in this guise of advice, right? But it's not. It's an input. It's 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 an insult. Yes. And it's or it's, it's it's an attempt at an insult. It's a strikeout because I don't care. But right. You know, and it, it happens all the time. It happens in Ji Kune Do, it happens in Wing Chun, it, I'm sure it happens in all the other arts. Mm. But this this idea of wanting to fight people for for nonsense like this is just utter ridiculous. And it's it's this it's it's just this whole I don't know, ridiculous society. And it's 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 a Facebook society. It's an internet society. Because yep. you know, back back before the internet to have something of some sort of equality, equality of this would be like if like I wrote in some letter to a magazine and it got published in Black Belt Magazine like remember they had those letters to the editor in the beginning of Black Belt Magazine I don't and, like what you put in that article right you know <laughs> and then oh well, I'm gonna go hunt this guy down and fight it would be so hard for this to kind of happen back then you yes. know it's just it's just Ridiculous, and I think the best line that you, the the whole podcast today is something you kind of said flippantly and off as an offshoot, and it was the best line of the whole podcast. Try and explain it to a person that doesn't do martial arts. You said something like, you know, you've talked. To, if you tell some non-martial artist this, yes, it's it gives you know because they're they're normal, non-martial yes. artists are normal. They're not wrapped up. In this complete ego-driven, near-religious, fanatical loyalty to some lineage bullshit that is drummed into martial artists these days. And I say these days, and I mean over the last 40 years. It's utter ridiculous that I'm expected, that Alex was expected by Lung Ting to go fight some dude because some dude insulted Lung Ting or whatever the fuck it was. It's just ridiculous. Hey, you know what, Mr. Ting? Go up your fucking ass and go fight him yourself. You know? (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Ting. It's just like... Mr. Ting. (laughs) Fuck. I'm sorry. Like, fuck off. And I I don't mean that just for... I'm not saying that to Lung Ting. I I understand what you're saying, yeah. I'm saying it as if for any teacher to go tell their student to go fight somebody because they insulted the teacher or the lineage or the system... Fuck you, you go fight him. Oh, well, yep. I can't, I'm 80 years old. Well, then maybe it's your time for your dirt nap. Leave me the fuck alone. It's just <laughs> this, this bullshit and this, this idea of like, oh, well, you know, you don't know, you don't know why we do this, so come meet me in my school and I'll fight you. I yep. see this on Facebook a hundred fucking times and I honestly, truly feel bad for the ego-driven person who I know can't sleep at night. They can't sleep at night because they're so maddened with fucking anger and hurt to their ego and, and, and bullshit that, oh my God, they don't understand me. Like nonsense. I'm not getting the respect I should get. It, it's, right. it's, it's just completely wrapped up in so many martial artists that I... I you know, I used to laugh at them, but now I even feel bad for laughing at them. I truly feel bad for them, like I truly yes. feel bad for them, because it's just it, I, it must it must completely destroy them as people, that they cause you know because someone disagreed. If you need to challenge someone to a fight because they disagree with something you wrote on Facebook, you really need to like go and talk to somebody. Yes, it's it, it's it's time, bro. It's time for you to just go and and, and and figure out what's triggering your anger. It's uh just, don't folks, and, and if you're the student, two things here, and I promise I'll stop talking. If you're a student right now, and your teacher sends you out to go fight somebody, give him the bird, and fucking go find another school. <laughs> yes. And if you're a teacher, and you're gonna try and send one of your students out to go fight somebody, Well, you know what? You're a fucking disgusting human being. Yeah. Give yourself the bird. Give yourself the bird and go (laughs) literally, go talk to somebody because you you need to get a perspective in life. And like Alex said, go talk to someone who doesn't do martial arts and explain the situation to them.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's... that's... uh... (laughs) That was great. I think we exorcised some demons today. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple things before we get out of here. Um, we got a uh, message on the uh, Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Someone asked a bunch of questions about uh, Kenneth J and cardio and like specific cardio questions. I had I Kenneth J right. on an episode of um, Dudes of Kung Fu quarantine conversation. So uh, despite the fact that I'm you know, mentored by Kenneth J in things like cardio or whatever. I'm definitely not the guy to answer those kind of questions. I mean, I could give you a basic answer, but he's the man. Um, if you really want to get more information about stuff like the Cardio Code, the best thing to do is to get his book, uh, Cardio Code, which is available at his website. I think it's cardiocode.dk uh, because that book literally explains all of this stuff in way better a way than I could ever do on my best day. So if you guys want more information about that, a lot of people respond Responded really well to that about the cardiovascular training. Go get Ken J's book, and you will really, uh, it'll really open your eyes to that. And uh, befo- also, before we get out of here, if you guys are interested in um, any instructionals from me, Sunom Tao Chum Q tutorials, which I filmed and uh, other books and uh, Fist Comes from the Heart t-shirts, people wanna know where they can get all this stuff or even doing online personal training with me through things like Zoom, you can go to citywt.com. Again, that's citywt.com. I'd appreciate if you guys subscribed and follow me on the Kung Fu Genius channel on YouTube. And as always, uh, Dudes of Kung Fu, if you guys wanna support us, we have a Patreon page. You can support us for as little as five bucks. Uh, We have great uh, goodies for you guys, extra episodes, uh, in-depth topics, things like that, that don't go to uh, out on the regular uh, podcast feed. Plus, you get the podcast a few uh, days before everyone else. So, big thank you to everyone who uh, supports us on the uh, Patreon page. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, yep, yeah, that's all I got to say about that.
1: There you go. All right, folks, all right, we'll catch you. We'll catch you soon. Take care. Bye bye.
0: Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com/support to find out how you can help your favorite kung fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the dudes, you'll get early access to episodes as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter's your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the Dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!